0: folks, have you checked out the Irish History Podcast shop recently? Right now, I have a sale of 30% off everything when you use the code SALE 30 So go to irishhistorypodcast.ie forward slash shop and get 30% off everything when you use the discount code SALE 30 Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. In 1897, the United Kingdom celebrated the 60th anniversary of the accession of Queen Victoria to the throne. Now, as you can imagine, this was marked by parades and demonstrations. However, amid the excitement, the Glamorgan Free Press, a local newspaper in Wales, got somewhat carried away and proclaimed the Diamond Jubilee to be, and I quote, "...one of the greatest events in the history of the world." Now, the ink can hardly have been dry on that claim before it was obvious that it was an exaggeration. Victoria was a constitutional monarch, power rested with the parliament, so her influence over events was limited. However, in defence of the Glamorgan Free Press, claims to be living through momentous events that will be remembered long after we're gone is, to one extent or another, part of the human condition. We all do it. So, Throwing all caution to the wind, I thought finishing 2022 with an episode asking what, if anything that happened this year, would capture the eye of future historians would be interesting. Now I'm not talking about someone writing a book next year or even in 2032. What I'm wondering is did anything happen this year that a historian writing in the year 222 with the full advantage of two centuries of hindsight would find significant? Or maybe We're just going to be consigned to oblivion, in the margins of history. Now before we dive in, let's get the formalities out of the way. My name is Finn Dwyer and this is the Irish History Podcast. Today's show is the last episode of 2022, which I guess makes it the Christmas special. Given it's the final show of the year, it's worth mentioning that this is the 41st full-length public episode of the year, the most I've ever released since the show began 12 years ago. I want to take this opportunity to thank you for tuning in and to everyone who shared an episode, but particularly everyone who supports the show on Patreon and Acast Plus. I'm really grateful to you in particular. The 41 episodes involve driving thousands of kilometres, paying for archival access, thousands of hours of research and writing, not to mention recording, editing, the list goes on. But doing this is only possible because I can work at the show full time due to your support and patronage. Thanks very much. I really love what I work at and you make a real difference in allowing me to do it. One of the highlights of 2022 for me was the supporters trip to Conway Castle in Wales. It was really cool to meet and hang out with listeners and I'm planning another supporters trip that's probably going to take place in late February and I'm thinking of heading to Strokestown, the home of Olive man who featured in the series Ireland's Last Aristocrat. I'll have more details in the new year on Acast Plus and patreon.com forward slash Irish podcast. Finally, before we begin, I want to thank everyone who's helped me over the year. In particular, Kate, Stu, Liam, Shirley, Sam, Aidan, Therese, Roisin and Damien. A good place to start this episode is to explain what it is, or rather, maybe what it's not going to be. So this show won't be a summary of significant events of the year. It's not about what's been dominating news headlines necessarily. It's what will stand out to a historian in the distant future. To get your head around this, it's worth thinking about events from the perspective of that historian writing in 2222. They'll be taking the long view. If they were writing a history of our times, whatever they'll be called, they will include everything since the 1990s and the end of the Cold War, maybe in a single chapter. That would mean the Balkan wars, the rise of the internet, the emergence of China and India as world powers, 9-11, the invasions of Afghanistan and Iraq, the crash of 2008, the polarisation of politics in the last 5 years. That all might be in one chapter. So in this context, what I'm trying to think about is whether anything of significance took place in the last 12 months that might make the grade. I guess a good way to get into the mindset of a future historian is to avoid reading history backwards. Now by this I mean that we don't start in the year 2022 and then line up the past in a certain narrative that would lead to the present. We need to do the opposite and start in the past and see do any of the currents or trends in history that we pick up pass through 2022 as such. So when we do this we can say with certainty that our historian of the future writing in 2222 will glide over names like Elon Musk and Kanye West Despite the fact they are among the most common names mentioned in the press this year, these people will not feature in history. Now for me, the standout event in terms of history that I'm going to begin with is the Russian invasion of Ukraine. For this alone, I think this year will be remembered by future historians, but they will probably see it in very different terms than we do. I want to explain this a little, because they'll have a colder, dispassionate view of events than we do. The stories and interviews with refugees for example, the outrage at injustice and the desire to help that shape our understandings and reactions is unlikely to move them. They will after all look at the invasion of Ukraine alongside other horrific events from the last few decades. They'll be more interested in how it fits into wider arcs of history and I think this is what they might see. So Vladimir Putin Will probably be relegated to a secondary position as historians will see the war in the context of a much longer trend. I think in the future it will be seen as part of a longer process in history about Russian imperial ambitions and how they have related to the desires for independence among its neighbours in Eastern Europe and clashed with similar imperial ambitions of Western powers. This would be a story that speeds through the Romanov Tsars of old, through the communist leaders of the 20th century and their successors in the kremlin seamlessly our historian of the future will see them all as sharing a common desire regardless of their politics to extend their influence far beyond the borders of russia in this view our historian in 2222 will undoubtedly see the modern conflict in ukraine as part of an arc that began in the 19th century if not before The 1850s, though, might be a starting point that would lead our historian to see this year as significant. During that decade, Russian attempts to expand into Eastern Europe led to the Crimean War, which saw an alliance of Western powers defeat the Russians. Now, following this trend, our historian will glide through into the early 20th century and see the German military's push for war in the lead-up to World War I as part of a similar process. Obviously, the First World War has numerous causes, but German military thinking at the time was focused on its designs to influence Eastern and Central Europe and their fears of similar plans in Moscow. The Russian Revolution of 1917, which saw a communist government take power, did not resolve these tensions. While historians today identify this as a hugely significant moment, and it has been for our times, a historian in two centuries' time might not see it as significant, Indeed, they will continue following that trend through history into the 20th century as tensions between East and West rose. The Nazi invasion of the Soviet Union in 1941 and the following four years of brutal, harrowing conflict that ended in Soviet forces storming Berlin could possibly be reduced to a few paragraphs. It's strange, even discomforting to think, that future historians will strip away nuance, the individual human suffering that has shaped our world, But I guess we do it today with a more distant past. If you think about the way we talk about, say, the Mongol invasion or the Crusades, it's not that different. It's very dispassionate and cold. But anyway, building on the story of conflict over the borders of Central and Eastern Europe, the Cold War that consumed the world in the later 20th century will just be another chapter in this story, continuing that trend. Now it's in this context that the invasion of Ukraine this year will be analysed as very significant. After three decades of decline since the fall of the Soviet Union, Russia's attempts to annex Ukraine is a centuries-old conflict roaring back to life as Russian imperial ambitions and its views of Ukraine as being part of its zone of influence led to the war. Whether these events in 2022 are the opening line of a new chapter or the last line of an old chapter will be determined by events in the coming years. Now moving on from Ukraine another fading empire will undoubtedly pique the interest of the historian in the future. I am of course talking about Britain and events that happened there this year. For people who somehow managed to avoid the endless stories emanating from London this year, three major events undoubtedly dominated the news cycle. While Queen Elizabeth II died, this was sandwiched between two major political scandals of a sort. The fall of Boris Johnson's government, which was followed by the shortest tenure of any British Prime Minister, in the history of the office when Liz Truss would resign six weeks after taking power. Now, These events, on their own, are not historically significant necessarily. Political scandal will probably seem stock and trade of 21st century politicians to a future historian. However, the combination and interaction between these events, the two resignations and the Queen's death, I think will mark 2022 out as a decisive moment in the history of Britain and its relationship to the world. So let's start with the Queen. Elizabeth II will undoubtedly go down in history. She was the longest serving monarch in an institution that stretches back nearly a thousand years. However, that kind of stuff tends to draw the attention of a quiz master in the future, not necessarily the historian. They'll be on the lookout for bigger, more substantial trends and her death does stand out as something significant. So Elizabeth II was crowned in 1952. For a historian of the future, the 70 years of her reign encompass a remarkable shift in Britain's power and relationship to the world. In 1952, Britain was a country that had emerged from World War II on the victorious side, having played a key role, particularly in the early stages of the conflict. Even though power was clearly moving towards Washington in the west and Moscow in the east, Britain still remained confident about its position in the world. Britain, Elizabeth, was the head of state of, had an empire stretching across 70 countries in various different guises. In Britain at the time most agreed that the country's future lay at the head of that empire even if it was clear they would struggle to hold on to it. India had secured independence in 1947, meanwhile two significant independence wars in Egypt and Kenya had broken out the year she was crowned in 1952. This led to a particularly brutal war of independence in Kenya. However, the future historian will not take much interest in the how, they'll be more focused on results and Queen Elizabeth's reign is, in the long view, a story of rapid decline as colony after colony gained independence. As this decline accelerated, our historian in the future might note the growing obsession with World War II in Britain and a general harking back to supposedly better times that Elizabeth herself embodied for many in Britain. In a history of these events, the death of Queen Elizabeth II in 2022 would be a fitting bookend. Her funeral, the genuine sense of grief that many Britons expressed for a figure considered to represent a connection to past greatness, stood in sharp contrast to the realities of Britain around them. The empire was gone and Britain had glossed its former confidence about its place in the world. British society is torn apart by the Brexit referendum held six years before the Queen's death. It offered the British public two options, one to pursue a future inside the European Union, the other arguing Britain was a world power and therefore did not need to be hamstrung by the EU. Our historian of the future might muse that neither side of the debate recognised the reality that Britain's position in the world had dramatically declined and could not be regained and that the country needed to adapt to that reality rather than pointlessly trying to figure out a way back to the past. Our historian might also hone in on the two obscure political figures that symbolise the political malaise that now dominates British politics, Boris Johnson and Liz Truss, whose actions symbolise the political instability that has taken hold at the heart of British government. I suspect neither will be significant enough to be named but rather referenced in the context of a chaotic year when the country saw three Prime Ministers in the space of three months Our historian might look at newspaper archives or whatever the online equivalent is at the time and reference the growing inequality internally in Britain, the outbreak of strikes, the growing dependence on food banks and the rising cost of living as further evidence of the decline of the empire. They will also undoubtedly note the increasing uncertain future for the United Kingdom itself. This institution, founded in 1707 with the Union of England, Wales and Scotland and enlarged in 1801 when Ireland was brought in, was central to the growth of the British Empire. However, standing in stark contrast to the memories of Elizabeth II and what she invoked, the future of the United Kingdom is on increasingly shaky ground in 2022. The Scottish Nationalist Party, who called for complete independence for Scotland, dominate elections north of the border, Meanwhile, Northern Ireland has an unequally uncertain future, but I'll look at that separately. In a timeline of a decline of the British Empire, 2022 may well be seen as the year when history called time on the last vestiges of that empire. Moving on from international events, I also want to look at two stories from Ireland that might draw the interest of those focused on Irish history in a few centuries' time. This year was not earth shattering in terms of Irish history, but there were a few standout moments. The first is one that generated considerable newspaper coverage this year, but historians might interpret it as significant for different reasons than journalists this year did. So on August 20th this year, Miho Martin, the current Taoiseach, that's the Prime Minister for international listeners, travelled to a place called Bail Nablaw in County Cork to mark the 100th anniversary of the death of Michael Collins. This location, a remote valley in West Cork, was significant because Collins, the leading Irish revolutionary, was killed in a skirmish there during the Irish Civil War in 1922. Now Micheál Martin was by no means the first politician to do this, to speak at Belle le There have been commemorations there for decades. However, he was the first leader of his party, Fianna Fáil, to make an address at the annual gathering for Collins. To many, this was significant because his party, Fianna Fáil, emerged from the anti-treaty side of the Civil War. That's the same side who carried out the ambush that killed Collins. It's also significant because traditionally the Bail Nablau gathering had been the preserve of Fine his party's old rivals who emerged from the opposing side of the civil war. Now journalists in Ireland made much of the speech and how it drew a line in the sand over what's called civil war politics in Ireland This is a reference to the fact that the two parties who have dominated Irish politics since independence, Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael, as I said, emerged from opposing sides in the civil war. Now in the distant future of 2222, the Irish political landscape of the last century will undoubtedly amuse and confound historians. While they might understand how enmities from a civil war could fracture politics, They'll be surprised that it continued into the late 20th century and even the 21st century, particularly given the similarities between the two parties of that divide. They agree on nearly every major strategic decision Ireland has taken since the Second World War. They both agreed on joining the EU or the EEC as it was at the time. Fine Gael might be more fiscally conservative than Fianna Fall, but not dramatically so. Socially, they were both conservative, but have changed as Irish society has rapidly liberalised in the last three decades. However, I think the future historian will surely see that civil war politics ended at the very latest in 2016, not 2022. In that year, Fianna Fáil supported a Fine Gael government, a development that was cemented in 2020 when they shared power together. So, if his speech at bele Nabla was not significant in terms of ending civil war politics, why will historians then be interested? Well, in 200 years, it may well be emblematic of a new paradigm developing in Irish politics along the lines of more contemporary European political landscapes. Consistently, in recent years, Sinn Féin have emerged as a major opposition party in Ireland. Although traditionally known as the political wing of the provisional IRA, the party's new support base is rooted in their left-wing platform and their criticism of government policies in healthcare and housing. This would suggest that Irish politics is shifting towards a more traditional left-right divide, with Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael occupying the centre-right to right as allies and Sinn Féin occupy the centre-left. For a historian of the future, it's very possible they will discuss a political landscape where Sinn Féin, Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael don't exist, but the 2020s might well be seen as that decade where a more conventional political divide took hold in Ireland. Micheál Martin's presence at Belle nablau once the preserve of his political opponents, might therefore be seen as indicative of warming relations as they forge a new central right of the political spectrum. While this may well be significant, the most important Irish story I think that will emerge from 2022 and interest historians of the future relates to the North. The last 12 months saw two events that for historians may well be seen as posing a major question about the future of Northern Ireland as a political entity. What directions things will take can only be answered by the future, but it's difficult not to see 2022 as being a significant milestone. Now for this to make sense I just want to refresh your memory on the history of Northern Ireland which takes us back to the War of Independence. As that conflict drew to a close in the early 1920s Ireland was partitioned into two distinct states. Northern Ireland comprised of the six counties around Belfast and the remaining 26 counties formed the Irish Free State which in 1949 became the Republic of Ireland. As covered in the War of Independence series the state of Northern Ireland was designed for and by Ulster Unionists. Who opposed Irish independence. Fearing they would be subjected to a Dublin government dominated by Republicans, they lobbied the British government to petition Ireland which took place in 1920. However, the counties included in Northern Ireland, only six of Ulster's nine counties, were chosen specifically to create a jurisdiction that would be dominated by Protestants and permanently return a government that supported a union with Britain. This was the raison d'etre of this new state, James Craig, the first Prime Minister of Northern Ireland, described it as a Protestant parliament and a Protestant state. Catholics and nationalists suffered appalling discrimination. Indeed, their mistreatment would lead to the outbreak of the Troubles in the late 1960s. The end of that conflict in the ceasefires and peace process of the 1990s led to dramatic changes as a power-sharing government between unionists and nationalists was established. However, For over 20 years, Unionists continued to lead governments in Northern Ireland, providing a degree of continuity to the ideals of the founders of Northern Ireland, even if it was clearly changing. 2022 will surely seem decisive, however. The first event was the release of a census of the previous year that indicated Catholics constituted a majority of the population for the first time, which is a dramatic moment in the history of a state that was designed to maintain a Protestant majority. Equally significant are results of an election to the local parliament, the Assembly. Sinn Féin, the Nationalist Party opposed to union with Britain, emerged as the largest political party, another act unimaginable when the state was founded in 1922. Now change has been happening in Northern Ireland for decades, but historians will see this year probably as quite significant because it does seem that a lot of these changes have come to fruition this year. Now this doesn't mean a united Ireland is imminent, and I'm not claiming 2022 is necessarily the launchpad for that. Politics in the North is far more sophisticated and complex than the frequent assumption that all Catholics automatically support Irish unity and all Protestants oppose it. However, as I say, for historian friend of the future, they will see significance in events that suggest that the historical underpinnings of the state of Northern Ireland don't really exist anymore. That's where I'm going to end this show. There's obviously lots of topics I haven't discussed. For example, climate change is undoubtedly something that will shape our future. But sadly, it's difficult to look at 2022 as being significant in terms of taking action on it. Perhaps our inaction will be the story. But on this front, 2022 wasn't exactly a standout year there either. Also, all the issues that I've raised are obviously focused on Europe. I don't understand enough about the history of other regions to even hazard a guess as to whether events taking place this year will be significant in the future or not. And that's, as I say, where I'm going to leave it for 2022. It's been a really great year, one I've really enjoyed, and I'm looking forward to 2023 and where it'll take us. There are some major series in the works, including one that looks at modern Irish history, far more recent than I've ever gone before, specifically the early 1970s, and some of the most pivotal years in Irish history since the War of Independence. There's also going to be a series on Medieval Ireland, the long-promised series on the Scottish invasion of the 14th century. That's a really great epic story that will come out as well. If you want to stock up on Irish history content for Christmas, don't forget there's hours and hours of bonus content available on Acast Plus and Patreon to get you through the holidays, or that once-off book on the Black Death in Ireland as well. You can get all that at ACASTPLUS or Patreon.com forward slash Irish History. Thanks for tuning in throughout the year and I'll see you in the new year. Until then, Sloan.